you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Good morning, Movement Church. Man, it's so good to see your beautiful faces. First service, you guys genuinely, sincerely are my favorite service of all the 300 services we do each weekend. We're, we discount all the, all the movies that play. We count them as church services as well throughout the week. So, uh, man, it's so good to be back home in the greatest county in the nation, Orange County. My wife and I were, had an opportunity to go hang out with some great friends of ours for a week in Cancun. We suffered for Jesus. It was very nice uh, until I got an infection in my foot and I couldn't go in the pool or the ocean. So that was awesome. But you know what? No complaints uh, because it was great. It was a great time to be away. I heard my friend Chris Norman killed it last week. Man, I love those guys. Yeah, let's give them a hand clap. They're not here. They'll never hear this hand clap. Isn't that awesome? And uh, But they're great people. And man, always, always good to, to know that things continue right along uh, when we're not here. Man, we just, but we love being here. Like, we, we look forward to coming to church. Sunday is our favorite day of the week, mostly because of you guys. Uh, you, you really do look amazing this morning. It's a pretty impressive. And, uh, and I just got a couple things to share. I'm actually pretty stoked. Um, I, I just, I kind of, I've got a, a limited amount of time today, but I just kind of feel like having some fun. Is that cool? Can we do that? No option for you. I'm going to go whatever direction I want to go. So, uh, if you're with us today for the first time, maybe you're our guest. Man, I want to say welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, you, you might come in, maybe, I don't know your faith background. Maybe you're used to church. Maybe you don't like church. Maybe you're used to a church where you stand up, say some things, sit down, stand up, walk forward, and either take a wafer or do this, whatever it might be. And, and so this might be a little different for you. And you might go, man, these guys are a little bit crazy. And I'd say, yeah, yeah, that's kind of true. We're passionate, actually. I think it's a better term. And you know what? There are millions of passionate people that are literally painting their bodies to go to an NFL football game today. And we think that's okay. <laughs> and they shouldn't take their shirt off, but they do. And they've got a hairy chest with like cowboys written all over it. Praise the Lord. You know who else is passionate is moms at Little League games. Those guys are passionate, right? You know why we get passionate is because we, we get passionate about things that we believe in. Right? Moms are passionate about their children because they believe in their kids, I hope. Uh, if you, if your parents didn't believe in you, we, we believe in you at the Movement Church. And, and so that's why we move during music. I don't know about you, but music moves me, right? And, uh, and we, we like, that's why Pastor Jeremy's like, he always stands like on the side of his toe. I don't know how he balances when he does this thing. Man, I love it, right? Because he's passionate about it. And, you know, sometimes we raise our hands and we're not asking questions. We're just like, I watched a Lady Gaga concert on TV, and there was people doing this the whole time. So I was like, look, people get that, right? It's, there's something about the body expression of this. It's like, man, I'm in this. I'm here. I'm present. Some of you, you, you can't move very well to music, so just kind of do this little action right here. It's fine. The point is, we're a, little, we're a little passionate, but it's because we actually believe the words that we're singing. And we actually have faith that God can do the miraculous. And you, you, no matter your faith journey, you want to see the miraculous in your life. You do. You don't want, nobody says, you know what I would love? Mundane and mediocre. That would be awesome. <laughs> we all have this like desire for the miraculous. And, and here's the great thing. 
God has a desire to be miraculous in your life. And, and there's something about an expectant heart that just changes things. It's like a child with the great expectation of Christmas morning. Just eager expectation. In fact, what's interesting, the Bible actually talks about approaching God like a child. Just kind of removing all the obstacles and hindrances and just saying, okay, today, God, I'm going to be open. And that's where you have to start. You, at the movement church, you can belong before you even believe. In fact, I'm not asking you to believe anything, but I would ask that you would be open to what God can do. I want to share a message with you today. And, and honestly, I, I've preached this uh, portions of this here before, but uh, I've kind of shifted and crafted and changed some things. And what I've found, as odd as this might sound, I feel like this is like my life message. And we are right now stepping into a brand new season as a church. And as a result, I feel it's imperative that I share this with you today. And so I want to start by reading a passage from Scripture, the Bible. And the reason we do that is we actually believe that the Bible is not just a great book with good stories and great ideas, but God's Word for us today. And so I'm going to start off with a passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to break it apart and, and really kind of apply it to you and to me. And I think if we'll just be open, kind of like a child at Christmas with that expectation, I think God would do something miraculous. Is that cool? I want to read a passage of scripture. It's found in Ephesians chapter two, and it's from the message translation, which is a guy named Eugene Peterson, who kind of took the Bible and, and worded it in a way that makes sense for some of us that just don't necessarily always understand the these and the thou's. Can I get a witness in this place? And so uh, this is a, a great passage of scripture. There's quite a few verses, so bear with me. Is that all right? Maybe I'll do like a really deep voice and make it more exciting. But Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 22, this is what the scripture says. The Messiah has made things up between us so that we're now together on this, both non-Jewish outsider and Jewish insider. So you, what you could do is apply those that are Christ followers and those that are not Christ followers. God's made things up between us. Check this out. He tore down the wall we used to keep each other at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Then he started over. Instead of contending with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being. Now, we're not talking about zombies. Bear with me. I'm going to unpack this in a moment. A fresh start... For everybody. Christ brought us together through death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostilities. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders and peace to us insiders. He treated us as equals and so made us equals. Through him, we both share the same spirit and we have equal access to the Father. Christ came, oh, I'm sorry, this kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. I love this. If you brought your Bible, this is a great one to highlight or underline. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. And now he's using you. Fitting in, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. And we see it taking shape day after day. 
a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Let me pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we thank you that you're in this place. And God, that you, you haven't neglected us, no matter where we've come from, no matter what we're walking through. And so God, just today, for all of us, regardless of where we're at in the faith journey, we just want to open our hearts to you, that you could say and do what you want to do in our lives. We don't want to leave here the same. We don't want to settle for the mundane, but God, we want to experience the miraculous. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, what, what? It's <laughs> good. Uh, sometimes we say amen too. That just means I agree. And, uh, you know, I just challenge you, if you've never done that, you just should start incorporating that into everyday life with your coworkers, your Starbucks barista, when they hand you your, your coffee, like, amen, and just take it and walk out. I think it'll be good. Let's change culture, people. Let's change culture. Okay, listen, how, how many of you have ever come to the realization uh, that I have as of late that you're just getting old? Can I see a show of hands? Okay, great. I love it. I just have come to the realization that I'm just getting old. Let me just tell you some chief indicators. I've shared this with you before. Some chief indicators. One of them is that uh, one of my favorite places to be in the world is my home. Can anybody just, you just love your home? I love my home. Go to your home. I love my home. You know what else I, I know that is an indicator that I'm getting old? I use ginseng eye cream to get rid of the bags under my eyes. Don't judge me, people. It's from Origins, and that stuff is like, you have to trade your kidney to get that stuff. And it like, boom, you can't even tell. My eyes were black this morning, but you don't even know. And uh, that's how I know. Stop. Why are y'all judging me so harshly right now? I'm just getting old, and, it, and it, it's, it's apparent to me through so many things. There's another reason. How many of you grew up in uh, the 80s or 90s? Show of hands. If you were alive in the 80s or 90s, it's good. But if you grew up then, that's another thing. There's, there's a new generation that's emerging, and there's a new dance that has hit the scene. I think my DJ is going to help me out today. And, and this dance has a name, and it's called The Running Man. And this is, a, just bear with me, if you will. Why are you getting your phones out? Put your phones down. This is not acceptable. This is what they refer to as The Running Man. Okay, stop for a moment. That's not even biblical. If you grew up in the 80s or 90s, would you please hit that DJ? You know what the running man is. Can I get anyone to, oh my goodness. Did somebody feel the anointing right there? You feel that? Yeah, come on. That, my friend. Kill it before he curses. I don't know if he curses in that song or not. That is the running man. Can anyone, can I get a witness in this building? Yes. My daughter came up, showed me an Instagram video of the, the running man challenge. And I threw her phone across the room. I was like, this is ridiculous. Running man, goodness. Some of you are old enough to remember the Charleston. We're not going to do that one today. We're not going to do... Let me tell you another way I know that I'm getting old. I can't breathe right now. That's another chief indicator. Like legitimately, I can't get... I can't breathe. But another way I know that I'm getting old is... Uh, Megan and I love to go vacation. Um, like do a one night away for a hotel. And, uh, and just kind of... I can't breathe... <laughs> We like to just go like to L.A. or San Diego and just stay at a hotel for one night. We put enough food on the counter for our kids to eat, make sure they're okay. I'm kidding. We get them taken care of. And we're just going to go get away and do a great date night and sleep in with the curtains drawn completely where it's pitch black. You know what I'm talking about? And one time we went to our favorite hotel in L.A. and 
we walk, high rise, so we were up, up pretty high in the building, and we walk in, and within minutes, we found ourselves on, just kind of like glued to the window, and this windowsill kind of bench, and, and outside, we watched this construction, construction company who was preparing to build a, a high rise building, and they were literally putting a crane together. Y'all ever seen those tall cranes that have the arm out and like 8 million pounds on the back end, and they kind of turn like this, and they were building this crane. And what was exciting about this to me is they were literally using a crane to build the crane, which was going to build the building. There was a crane building a crane to build a building. Can you guys, does that not make you just go crazy? I don't think you're capturing today what I'm trying to say. There is an instrument that raises and lowers things that was building another instrument that was raising and lowering things to build a building. A crane. <laughs> building a crane to build a building. And we sat there for 45 minutes sipping on a latte Watching these guys on a crane, building a crane to, and it was awesome. And it dawned on me in that moment that that is how God builds the church. Let me unpack this for you, because you'll never forget the statement, a crane building a crane (laughs) to build a building. Trust me, you'll never forget it. God uses people like you and me who are under construction to build a building like the church, which helps people who are under construction. And I want to unpack this passage for just 21 more minutes. And, and I would just ask you to go on a journey with me, even if you may have heard this before, to see if maybe just maybe there's something in the scripture for you and for me today, that we can identify that even though we might be under construction, God still wants to work through us. The title of my sermon today is Built to Build. Somebody say Built to Build. Built to Build. Now, I want to just make a statement to you that we've said before. And, and this really is, is, is more than a mantra for us. This is actually, we, we, at the core of who Megan and I are and, and the, the leadership team of this church believe is that there is nothing that we can do in more cooperation with Jesus than loving and building the church. Let me say that one more time. There's nothing we can do in more cooperation with Jesus than loving and building the church. The church is the beacon of hope for a world that needs to know there is hope. And there's nothing that you or I can do in more cooperation with Jesus and loving and building the church. He talks about this all throughout Scripture. In fact, there was a passage of Scripture where there was this declaration made about Jesus and Matthew. Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus turned to Peter in Matthew 16 and he said, hey, on this rock, I will build my church. And listen to this. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it, which means nothing can stand against what God wants to do through the church. And now this might be challenging for some of you, depending upon the faith background that you come from. Because you, as many you suppose, might believe that a church is actually a building. But I want to unpack some more about that in just a moment. I love 
What Ephesians chapter 5 says about this, Paul told husbands, he was giving this illustration of how husbands should treat their wives. And and listen, wives, you're going to love this passage. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So Jesus gave everything on the cross for the church. The church is God's idea. It's not man's idea. It's plan A for humanity. And listen, there ain't no plan B. There's not one. This is God's answer for a world who needs to know that there is hope. So there is nothing that you or I can do in more cooperation with Jesus than loving and building the church. I want to unpack these passages of scripture that we just read and, and see how it applies to you and to me. I love this and I've read it so much I should probably have it memorized by now. But let's dive right into the very beginning of that passage we just read. Ephesians chapter 2. Starting with verse 14, it says this, The Messiah has made things up between us so that we are now together on this. Both non-Jewish outsider and Jewish insider. He tore down the wall we used to keep each other at a distance. So here, just leave that up for just a moment. Listen, this is talking to people who are Christ followers and non-Christ followers. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I've made it where anyone can experience the fullness of who Jesus is. Is What you may or may not know, and and most don't know the history of what church looked like back in those days, but they built what was called a temple, and there was segments of this temple. There was the outer courts, the inner courts, the holy place, and the holy of holies, and each place was segregated based upon your level of leadership and spirituality in those days. And in the outer court, where anybody could come, there was literally a wall down the middle of this court called the wall of partition. You may not be interested in this, but I'm going somewhere. The wall of partition, and literally there was a sign hung on this wall in both Latin and Greek that said, if you are a Gentile or not a Jew, and you cross over to the other side of this wall, you're going to die. That's how it was translated in Latin. I didn't make that up. And so, but it literally said that. If you cross this wall and you are not a Jew, you will die. There is this wall separating people from who God is. And what's sad is that's so reflective of how many Christians still operate today. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a very strict home, or what many would call legalistic. I wasn't allowed to listen to rock and roll music because it had a syncopated beat, and that was of the devil. Bobby Boucher, okay? Listen, I'm just trying to tell you. I couldn't go see PG-13 movies when I was 17 unless my parents had seen them and approved. I'm talking about Disney movies, too. Couldn't date my wife, had to court her. And yes, we did make homemade bread and churn our own butter. That's not true. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I grew up in an environment where Christianity was more of an adjective describing what you could or could not experience or partake in. And so then the challenge is this began to morph. And you, listen, you have seen this, so bear with me. Then there was a season where Christianity or Christians We're more known in the world we live in for what we stand against as opposed to what we stand for. What we hate and who we boycott now and what jeans we don't wear and what movie. Well, don't drink that because it's Sprite and Sprite is a pixie and a pixie is a devil. There was a movement. Don't go to Disney World. Don't watch these movies. And so 
all of a sudden the sound of Christianity was not one of embracing, not one of love, not one of hope, not one of if you're broken, come, we'll help you find healing and hope. No, it was we don't do this, we don't do that, and if you do, you're going to the hottest part of hell. Now bear with me, because that's a pendulum swing. And it's not acceptable for us to allow the pendulum to swing to the opposite side of the perspective. And then all of a sudden our lives have no reflection of who Jesus is or the faith that we hold dear to. And so now we look, smell, taste, act just like everybody else because that's not acceptable either. And contrary to what Jesus preached. Are you tracking with me today, church? We got quiet in this house. Are you tracking? What Jesus is saying, I tore down the wall. We don't have to be about what we stand against. We can talk about what we stand for. Now, please bear with me and understand that that doesn't mean we are accepting of all things. That's ridiculous. You would never tell your child, live and do and act however you want. I still accept you. You might still love them. But you're going to say, hey, whoa, whoa, we don't do that. No, that's not acceptable. Let me show you how to live. Are y'all tracking me today? I don't want to preach a convoluted message today. The point of this is that Jesus tore down the wall and created a way for all people to experience who he is. I love this next passage. It says this. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. And that's what happened is we just started adding rule to rule to rule to rule and and add another law around this rule and a rule around this rule. And, and Jesus is saying, well, but you guys are missing the point. I love this next passage. It says this, then he started over. Instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everyone. It's one of my favorite passages. Listen, don't just assume that because I'm a preacher that my life has always been put together and that I don't make mistakes. Listen, I'm one jacked up individual and it's only by the grace of God that I'm able to stand here before you today. And that's a true story. You can clap if you want to. If you don't really clap, I feel just ashamed and rejected. So, I mean, we're going, yeah, that's good. Three of you are like, yeah, you're kind of okay. And the rest of you are like, no, seriously, he's jacked up. Seriously. <laughs> The whole point of this is he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everybody. Look at me in the eyes for just one moment. He's just simply saying this, that no matter your past, no matter your story, no matter your belief, you're loved. No matter your faith trajectory, no matter your heritage, no matter the rap rap sheet that you have in your life of everything you've done wrong, you're still loved still loved. That's the message Jesus brought. Look at what verse 16 says. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace and that was the end of human, uh, that was the end of hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders and peace to us insiders. He treated us as equals and so made us equals. Through him, we both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. And again, you, you may not understand what he's saying specifically here, but if we go back 
to what I spoke about earlier, the building of the temple, it was literally built as a reminder of who could not go where. And so the outer courts, the inner courts, the holy place, and then what was called the Holy of Holies, which was separated by a veil, a curtain, six inches thick. And and that was the place where God would show up and then only one person could go into the Holy of Holies. And he was the high priest and he represented all of the children of Israel at that point. And he wore a very ornate robe. And at the bottom of his robe, he had jingle bells. That's literally theologically sound. And they tied a rope to his ankle. And he would once a year go into this holy of holies to represent and to ask forgiveness for the sins of all of the children of Israel. And they had jingle bells on his robe because if he wasn't righteous on the inside, then he would die. The bells would stop ringing. And they would pull him out. Wow. Ain't nobody signing up for that job. What the, what the scripture is saying here is that when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the veil, the curtain that was in the Holy of Holies was torn from the top to bottom. And listen, that, that, that can sound like historical hyperbole, but let me tell you what that means. Is that God created instant access for you and for me. So when I stand here today and I say, no matter what you've walked in, there's, God still wants to do a miracle in your life. This is not some sales pitch or just something that we hope might happen. This is God's promise for you and for me. He's right here, right now, and wants to do something spectacular. And I think sometimes we think, yeah, I can see that for the little things in my life, but not the big things. As you're walking through the craziest season in your marriage or holding on to the restoration of a loved one that has been in a strange relationship for decades. God can still and wants to do something amazing in your world. And this passage of scripture is saying that he paved the way through Jesus. Instant access. And you don't have to have a degree in theology to gain access. Look at me. You don't have to have church attendance for weeks, months, and years racked up and to get to a place where now... You have instant access. He's right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. I love this next passage. Verse 19. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. So not only did he create instant access, but he built in a family. It's called the church. Community. Community. It says this kingdom of faith is now your home country, the church. You know what that is? It's not a building. It's definitely not Shamu on the wall. It's not land that is owned. It's you. You and I, we become the church. That sounded Texan. The church. I'm sorry, I am from Texas. We are the church. People just like you. In fact, it is you. And guess what? You too are a little bit jacked up. You too are a little bit imperfect. You too can be a little bit messy. God chose to use people, messed up, jacked up, messy, imperfect people to build the church. Wow. You know what's so crazy to me? And one of the reasons why I love Sundays, let me just tell you this. I believe that the church is the closest thing to heaven on earth. I do. Jesus gave up everything for the church. 
He created as God's plan, not man's plan. It's the closest thing to heaven on earth. Let me tell you why. Because stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. Stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. It's here that marriages can find restoration. It's here that right now across the hall, your children are not just being babysat, but they're being believed in loved and inspired not indoctrinated but somebody coming in and saying hey god made you he chose you and he loves you you can make a difference in this world that happens at church and sure there are some teachers who might adhere to some kind of philosophy but not enough that's not the goal of a school the goal of a school is to bring education but the church is to empower and to say hey you have destiny and purpose It's in the church where teenagers acknowledge and realize that my life can count for something right now. I don't have to wait till I'm 25 and have baggage on both sides of my life and then regret things. But no, I can live now the way that God's called me to live. Stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. Through jacked up, messy, imperfect people. And look at me. Hey, listen to me. Because God chose to use imperfect people, that means that imperfect things happened at church. Can I get a witness from anybody in this building? Imperfect things happen in church. There are people in church are going to offend you. Hopefully not intentionally. I'm sure I have offended you at some point or time or another. Sometimes I go too far with joking. I probably should not have danced the way that I did. My liver still hurts. Sometimes Christians won't return your phone call or like your post on Instagram. You may have grown up in an environment for church where somebody that was in leadership made a horrible decision morality-wise or with finances. Listen, the church is full of imperfect, jacked-up, messy people. That's why you fit in. But listen, I put this on the screen because I want you to see this because I believe here, listen to me, look me nice for just one moment. I actually believe that this is one of the biggest deterrents from people coming to church because they've walked through some tragic scenario with someone in their church past or a pastor that did this or a church leader that said that or they kicked me out or they were abusive or they violated or they stole. And so now I'm not going to the church because of that. And listen, I just want to tell you that imperfect people are in church. But listen to this. The fact that imperfect people make imperfect decisions in church does not change the fact that stuff still happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. Anywhere else. There's nothing we can do in more cooperation with Jesus than loving and building the church. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name of Christian as anyone. For some of you, that should be like a breath of fresh air. That you don't have to align your life before you find who Jesus is or experience what God wants to do through the church. With as much right to the name of Christian as anyone else. Listen to this. Any great work of God begins with a great work of God in someone. I love this next passage of scripture. God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here. In what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. 
And now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone. Hey, let me ask you a question. What type of construction are you? What type of construction work are you right now? Listen, nobody in here has finally arrived and you know everything there is to know. All of us are like a crane being built by a crane to build a building. So what type of construction work are you? I don't care if you've been at the movement church for all four years of our existence. I don't care if you, like me, were born a pastor's kid and have been in church more times than you can count. All of us are under some type of construction. There's three types of construction I want to talk about today. Number one is brand new construction. New construction. This is when you come in and you clear the land out and you level it off and you lay the foundation and you draw up the blueprints and you say, we're going to put a wall here and a door here. And maybe if that's you, you're new to this faith journey and to experiencing who God is and what God wants to do in and through you. It's brand new to you and you're learning things. And when you hear people say things, it doesn't make sense yet because you're not really sure, but that's new construction. And we build a wall and say, no, 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 I'm not going there anymore. I'm changing my lifestyle. And we put a door here and we open the door. I'm going to embrace what God wants to do to the people that are in my life that are centered around who Jesus is. Some of you in this room might be new construction. And that's great. The greatest place to be if you're a brand new construction is in the church where stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else that's surrounded by people who are imperfect. There's another type of construction, though. It's called renovation. I don't know about you, but our, our condo that we live in, we live in one of the greatest neighborhoods uh, I've ever lived in. Our condo was built in 1986, and the cabinets are still from 1986. Like, it's still rocking MC Hammer right now. And, uh, you know, you open the door and, like, falls off and smashes your foot. It's pretty awesome. And uh, thanks for your sympathy. That was awesome. And so sometimes... You just kind of need to come in and make some adjustments. Maybe tear out the cabinets and put in some new ones. And get rid of the formica and put in some granite. You got tracking with me? I love the definition of renovation. To restore to good condition. To make new or as if new again. To repair. Maybe you're here today and the kind of construction that you're in is, is renovation. Maybe you, you've been around faith for a while and Maybe you've, you've known Jesus and had highs and lows and experienced good things and tragedy and triumph in your life. But maybe there's some things that you need to make some adjustments in. And you probably know without even being told. And questions to ask that would be good is what in my life needs to change? Perhaps it's poor habits. Perhaps it's people that I'm, I'm doing life with that are not making decisions that are Head in the trajectory that God has for my life. Maybe another question is, what are you holding on to? What do you hold on? Some, so many people are holding on to some instance or scenario in the past that's building up bitterness and resentment in my life. And, and the only person that it's harming is you. But you think it's harming that individual because you're so angry at them. But no, it's actually hindering you from God working through you. And you, after all, were built to build. Like a crane, building a crane to build a building. What do you need to let go of today? Another type of, of construction is 
also what takes place in condos like mine when there's not as much of a draft or removing of the moist air and this thing called black mold death Satan grows in the walls of your condo you call a mold remediation company tear down a portion of the wall and they put the fans in dry it out do you know there's actually a passage of scripture that talks about removing mold in Leviticus I've talked about this before it's quite interesting Leviticus is one of the earlier books in the Old Testament and he said if you find mold in your house what you should do is go get the priest and the priest will come in and he'll identify the mold in the walls and he'll scrape out that portion of the mold and then he will leave and return in seven days to see if the mold persists. After seven days, if he comes back and the mold persists, instead of just scraping out that portion, he's going to literally cut a hole in the wall. And now you and your family are going to leave and go stay with your auntie and your uncle in Bel Air. And then he's going to come. That was pretty good. I mean, that was really good. You're going to leave for seven to 14 days in West Philadelphia. Sorry, I couldn't help it. I couldn't. It's ADD. And you'll leave for 7 to 14 days. And then after that time period, the priest will return and see if the mold persists. And if it still continues to fester, to grow, then what they'll do is completely tear down and level the home. And then the community will come around you and rebuild the house. Sometimes there are things in our life that are areas of sin that fester like a black mold. Look at me in the eyes. These aren't the fun topics to talk about at church, but these are the very things that destroy lives and marriages. Could be a wandering, lustful eye. Could be an addiction to some kind of narcotic or alcohol. Every time you put the bottle to your lips, it's destroying the very fabric of the family that you love. It's not a disqualifier. Remember, you have as much right to the name Christian as anyone else. But you might need somebody to come alongside of you. Investigate life. Hey, let's not do that anymore. Let's make some adjustments. And sometimes the decisions that we make have very challenging consequences. But the purpose of the church is not to come and point fingers and to say, you failure, you suck at life, get out of here but to come and say, hey, no, no, no. Life is not over. We're going to help you rebuild. We're going to help you rebuild. This is the church that God built. It may not be the church that you've experienced in your life, but that's the church the movement church is. And it's crazy. God uses messy, imperfect people to do this. I love that this passage of scripture talks about how he's taking us and fitting us in brick by brick. And what's interesting about this passage of scripture is a few years after the, the tabernacle was kind of like this, the, the temple, if you will, uh, it was kind of this portable system like the movement church. And then this king named Solomon comes along and, and he's like a quadruple trillionaire. And, and he's like, I'm going to build the greatest church I can possibly build. And he did. It was amazing. And And so what's exciting about this story 
is that back in the day they had stonemasons that would like chisel and chip away and build the actual bricks that would build the temple. But the Bible actually shows in 2 Kings that Solomon did not want the sound of hammer to stone near the side of the temple because he actually wanted to play, reserve the reverence of the church. And so they had a quarry that was miles away. And the stonemasons would travel all the way to the quarry. And they would measure rocks and chip and chisel. And they would come back to the temple. And they would measure the place specifically. And they would go back over and take this perfect stone. And perfectly shape and mold it. And then bring it back to the temple. And put it in brick by brick with perfection. With precise masterpiece. And that's how these men built this house of God. And look at me, that's exactly what God's been doing in your life. You might look back through the the course of your life and the history and the decisions that you've made and see regret, see shame, see frustration and disappointment. But what God can do and is doing is He's shaping and molding and forming you specifically and then bringing you over to the house of God and fitting you in brick by brick, taking your story of disappointment, your story of rejection, your story of shame, and then using it to bring hope to people who feel exactly as you do. It's crazy. Just like a crane. Building a crane. To build a building. That is the church. Fitting you in brick by brick. Stone by stone. Jesus is building his church. And there's nothing we can do in more cooperation with Jesus than loving and building the church. I love this last passage of scripture that says, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. So in other words, not just good vibes and not just great feelings, but Jesus as the cornerstone. He holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape. Day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. And when Jesus is here, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Why would we ever become apathetic or lethargic? When it comes to building the church. Why? The question is who's not here yet? Who needs to know the story of hope? Who needs to know the story of restoration? Who needs to know your story? Who's not here yet? You and I were built to build. Not so we can belong to a country club for Christians. But so we can be the hope to the world needs to know there is hope. And he's using you and me. Messy and imperfect. We're being built just like a crane. Building a crane. You'll never forget it. How many of you would say, you know what? It's true. I I am, my life, there's a portion of my life that is under construction. Whether it's new construction a renovation or remediation. How many say, you know what? My life's under construction. Would you just raise your hand? Hands all over the building. Hey, doesn't it feel good to be okay to say that? 
right? Can I just pray for all of us today? Is that okay? Let me just pray for all of us when it comes to just construction in our life. God, the truth is all of us are messy and imperfect and there's things that we need to adjust and to fix. But God, the truth is we need you. Not our own logic, not our own desires, not our own hopes. God, we need you. God, some of us in here are brand new construction. We're starting out fresh. And God, I pray you'd keep that passion alive. And some of us have been in the journey for a while. And we're, we need that remodeling to make some adjustments. So God, I pray that your Holy Spirit begin to pinpoint the things that we need to change and to rearrange, God. And some of us, God, are in that remediation where that mold, that sin is festering. And while we may not see the destruction of it yet, God, we've got to start making changes today. But regardless of where we're at, Father, I pray that you would help us as a community of faith to help people in the journey and not kick people out. That we could continue to reach those that are not even here yet with the hope of who you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let me just talk to a few of you in this room who might be brand new to faith. Maybe you're not sure where you stand with faith. I just want to challenge you that God wants to do something miraculous in your life, but there's actually a starting point. It's not church membership. It's not eradicating your past. It's actually as simple as just saying yes to Jesus. It's saying, okay, God, I'm going to do this thing, and I want you to be in charge and not me. You don't have to have all the theological answers. You just got to take a simple step of faith saying, Jesus... I want you to be in charge of my life. And if you're here and you've never made that decision, in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer, a prayer of faith. And I want to challenge you right where you're seated, no embarrassment. We're not going to ask you to get out of your chair. But just start this journey by repeating the prayer I'm going to pray in your own heart. Maybe you're here and you've never made this decision. Today's your day. And maybe you're here today and you've been running from God. It's time to come running back. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and no one looking around? If you're here and you've never prayed this prayer, you need to pray it again for the first time in a long time. Just in your own heart, quietly, would you repeat this prayer after me to say, God, I know you're real. I need you. I can't do it on my own. I've got sin in my life. Would you forgive me? Thank you for Jesus who made a way where there seemed to be no Just make this statement your own. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.